Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Helwani, back with another edition of The Helwani Show, our second of the week. This is a very special one. I'll be catching up with my old pal, sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And I'm actually not at home right now, and I'll explain why in a moment. But first, I do want to tell you about a brand new ESPN podcast that everyone is very excited about here at the network. You know, of course, about First Take with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellman. Well, there's a new podcast, and it's called First Take, Her Take. And it's hosted by Chenea Gumake, Kimberly Martin, and Charlie Arnold. It's great stuff. So if you want to check it out, please download and subscribe to that podcast and all the ESPN podcasts wherever you get your shows. Now, tell the ladies if you do that, that I sent you because, you know, I'm kind of a big deal around these parts. Okay, let's move on to today's program, which may contain some language that's not suitable for all audiences. So listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. to Ariel Helwani's M-M-A Show! Back in your life on this Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021... Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Helwani Show presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. My friends, I come to you today from Milwaukee. Yes, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, a lot of you have been making fun of me over the past 11 or so months. Oh, you never leave your house. Listen, don't fall for the gimmick, friends, all right? Don't get worked, all right? Of course I've been leaving my house. Of course I've been doing my thing, but... I will say that for the first time in 11 months, for the first time since Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero at UFC 248, I got on a plane yesterday. And to be honest, I was a little nervous. I was a little anxious. Yes, I wore the face shield. Yes, I wore two masks. Yes, I kept my distance. But I felt better about it. And uh, there was a point where I was a little I was a little nervous. I thought I lost my wallet. I almost had a panic attack. I... Uh, I thought I lost my suit, almost had a panic attack. I had multiple near panic attacks at the airport, but in the end, uh, we made it through. We got to Milwaukee, actually had to fly to Chicago and then drive 90 minutes to Milwaukee. Why am I here, you ask? Well, uh, tonight, Wednesday night, I am uh, working the sidelines. Pacers, Bucks, baby, on ESPN, 7 p.m. It's Mike Breen, legend, Jeff Van Gundy, legend, and me. I mean, come on, can't pass that up. It's the Indiana Pacers against your Milwaukee Bucks. It's a big time Midwest showdown in the Eastern Conference. So I said, yes, I am here. Thankful for the opportunity. Excited to be in Milwaukee and uh, kind of excited to get back on the road. But of course, I didn't want to uh, you know, leave you guys hanging. Uh, so of course, uh, TST said, ah, take the show off. You know, you don't have to be here. You don't have to do this. Focus on the game. And I said, absolutely not. I will never take a show off if I don't have to. So I'm bringing my microphone. I'm bringing my gear. Unfortunately, I forgot the adapter to my microphone. So I can never make fun of DC about uh, his forgetfulness ever again. But we are making do with my trusty laptop here. And there's a lot going on, I must say, in the world of MMA. Another reason why I wanted to 
uh, do this podcast. So before we get to Peter Rosenberg, and I'll explain in a moment why he's on the show today, I uh, want to let you know that it's official. Surreal Gan versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike is the new main event for the February 27th fight night. It was supposed to be Yeri Prohaska versus uh, Dominic Reyes. Big time fight at 205. Unfortunately, Reyes got hurt, so they're postponing that. Uh, it was officially confirmed. I first reported uh, that this fight was in the works, officially confirmed recently that Tyron Woodley is returning at UFC 260. That's a month later, March 27th, against Vicente Luque. So really important fight for Tyron Woodley. His UFC career could be on the line for that one. Also on that card in the works, Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. So stay tuned for that. Unfortunately, we found out that the Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul exhibition boxing match that was scheduled for later this month has been postponed. No official reason and no new date officially announced, but I know you're all very upset about that. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, James Vick, longtime UFC veteran, uh, lost recently. He officially announced his retirement. Want to wish him the very best in his future endeavors. Uh, we we did find out officially that the Chris Weidman Uriah Hall fight is off next weekend's pay per view. That's the February thirteenth UFC two fifty eight card. That's because Chris Weidman uh, tested positive for the coronavirus. He is doing better, but it was a tough go for him. Lost twelve pounds. He told me so. Happy to hear he's feeling better. And I did confirm after my conversation with Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler that it was, in fact, Charles Oliveira that the UFC tried to book against Michael Chandler uh, at UFC 258, as you heard on Monday, or at least I hope you heard. Uh, Michael Chandler said yes, flew to Florida, began training. And unfortunately uh, for him, Charles Oliveira said no. Uh, he wanted a title fight. They wouldn't give him a title fight. So he said, no, I'm going to wait for Poirier now. I don't know if he's going to get Poirier, to be honest. They kind of hold that against you if you say no. But I don't blame him for saying no. I mean, he's so close, eight in a row, win over Tony Ferguson. You're going to take a fight on less than two weeks' notice against Michael Chandler, who just came off a fight in a training camp and a weight cut. It's a tough ask. So hopefully they don't hold that against him, and hopefully he gets a big-time fight next. One other piece of news that I do want to mention, uh, the PFL officially announced their lightweight and featherweight roster for the upcoming season that starts in April Featherweight is okay. Uh, some familiar names, Brendan Lochnane, Shaman Marais, Lance Palmer, of course, returning, Bubba Jenkins. But I really like lightweight. Some names on the lightweight roster, Olivia Aubert-Mercier, finally making his PFL debut. Clay Collard, who had a fantastic 2020 in boxing, top ranked to be exact. Marcin Held, Johnny Case. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of a guy named Anthony Pettis, Natan Schultz. Of course, so that's going to be interesting. And what I was saying about PFL after their last season in 2019, they need a fresh coat of paint. They need, need they need new names. They need new stars. They need these guys um, who we are emotionally invested in. And they've got some of those names now. In addition to Pettis, of course, they signed Fabrizio Verdum, Roy McDonald at 170. So I'm excited about the return of PFL, and that's later on uh, this year, debuting April 23rd, Friday to be exact, uh, on ESPN Plus. So stay tuned for more. PFL news. But for now, let us transition to our guest of the week. It's just Peter Rosenberg and I, and I'm very excited about this. Um, Peter has become a friend. He's supremely talented. Not only is he uh, a longtime New York City radio host on Hot 97, of course, you may know him from the Michael K Show on ESPN 98.7 in New York, a very successful radio show. Also, he hosts his own podcast here at ESPN called Cheap Heat. He's a rapper as well, just came out with his own album. Uh, he has multiple other podcasts like Wani P is Dead. He's worked for Complex. He's done it all. But he also works for WWE. 
And this past Sunday at the Royal Rumble, he won the WWE 24-7 title. A big deal. He pinned R-Truth out of nowhere. And there I am watching with my kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, Peter Rosenberg. And we've talked about having him on the show and talking a little wrestling and, and MMA, of course. Uh, but I just wanted to know what it felt like as a longtime fan to win an actual title. Uh, I was very, very impressed that he did that and very proud of him that he did that. So today we speak a little bit about that. It's not about the nitty gritty of wrestling. So if you're not a wrestling fan, don't worry. It's a fun conversation about how he won the belt. We also talk about MMA. We talk about Conor McGregor. We talk about Michael Chandler's Ric Flair promo. We talk about his interest in the sport, a little Ben Askren talk as well. So stay tuned for all of that. It's a good conversation. It's a fun conversation with the inimitable, sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. Enjoy. There I am, uh, Sunday night. I get my kids to watch their first uh, WWE pay-per-view live. They're all in. They, they love the Royal Rumble gimmick. They love the concept. I taught them about Pat Patterson and whatnot. May he rest in peace. And there, there I see my guy, Peter Rosenberg. They, they throw to you mid-show. It's not the pre-show gimmick. It's the mid-show, like sort of cutaway with, uh, with the crew. And moments later, I tell them my friend, and I, and I hope you, you're okay with me calling you a friend. I More see my friend just... Just won a WWE championship. This is crazy. So could you tell us, like, can you run us through the whole thing? How is this brought up? How did this happen? Give us the whole story. I'm dying to know. Um, so I'll I'll give it to you in the best terms that I can. By the way, don't kayfabe me, all right? Like, give me the goods. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> that, that well, by the way, so that's been a hard part for me. Like, I'm such a nerd about wrestling. That even though the the twenty four seven championship is like you know for, for lack of a better word a comedic kind of title, um, I feel so inherently like unworthy. Um, even though I mean this is the same title that was once held by the gobbledygooker. Um, I think Santa Claus actually had it briefly as well. Um, I still feel like so I don't know responsible, but uh, basically a conversation got brought up uh, about me getting the opportunity to win this championship. Um, I thought it was an awesome idea given that what the title is sort of for is to sort of have fun and bring attention. Right. And so I thought, well, if I was to ever win this thing, I could bring it to radio the next day. I could bring the 24 seven title somewhere else. It's not just a really quick thing that happens in, you know, five minutes, Akira Tozawa wins the title and our truth brings it back, but we could do something cool where I'm able to bring it to two huge platforms in the number one market in the country. And, um, I guess people were on board with it. And, um, our truth is an amazing dude. And, uh, here we are. I, I, here I am celebrating in spite of the fact that I wrongfully lost the title and I'm, I'm trying to fight that tooth and nail as we speak. Um, I'm still very excited about what happened. For for a kid, when did you start watching wrestling? Uh, it was the it was 1987. It was it was the lead up to WrestleMania three is my first recollection of pro wrestling. Okay, so what what is that? Um, thirty thirty four years ago or so? Yeah, 34. yeah, thirty four, thirty three, thirty four years ago. For a kid who's been watching wrestling that long, yeah, I know you say you know it's kind of a, you know a fun title. It, there's no real like lineage and and history behind it. But just to to hold it there, to have that moment, I don't care how silly the title is. That must have been somewhat surreal, right? A hundred percent. And it's funny, you know, it's it's nice talking to people who understand it because, you know, the wrestling fans and the my the listeners on Cheap Heat who were so awesome. Like I've I got I got legitimately 
emotional, touching emails from people about how they popped with their family because they felt like someone they knew won this title. It's like, you're exactly right. Even though it is a, a fun, funny thing and our truth is a fun, funny character who, who does a great job with that 24 uh, seven title, dude, it's a real, it's a real title in WWE that will have a lineage and does have a, a record book that exists. And so it was absolutely thrilling for me. Like I, it, it's, and it's very hard to explain to people who don't know, like I have a friend who who called me yesterday and he's like, I just saw the video. He was like, your first athletic uh, achievement was you blindsiding a man, uh, hitting him in, in a region where you shouldn't hit someone and then mounting him on, on television. This is what you do. And, and, but the funniest part was I had to explain to him sort of why it means something that even though it is that sort of title, it is meaningful. And I actually did, even though I think it was a really cool thing and I think it made sense. And I, I thought it came off pretty good too. When I went back and watched it, I, I do take it somewhat seriously. I, I, as you know, Ariel, I, I care about the business immensely. Like part, it's a huge part of my life is kind of wearing my love of wrestling on my back. So I do care about the fact that I will forever have, you know, one time 24 seven champion. I do care about it. And, and, and here's the part that I love the most about it as I was watching it. Um, and knowing you a little bit and, and listening to Cheap Heat. And by the way, shout out to New York Rick, my longtime friend and producer, who's a hardcore Cheap Heat uh, fan. He he does the ESPN MMA uh, social handles now. He runs He's a good man. Tessa Hirsch. Yes, he loves you guys. Um, and he actually introduced me to Cheap Heat many moons ago. Uh, I know about, you know, the, 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 the falling out with WWE and all that stuff. And for you, like, you know, I got to admit, and I hope you don't, feel like i'm you know going to inside baseball here but like there was a time where clearly people who listened to your show knew that you know you were upset about things and now the fact that they gave this to you they gave you this opportunity i should say uh that's pretty i mean like that's a 180 right there from where you were not that long ago right i mean there's some beautiful symbolism in that no honestly without going overly deep i mean the truth is i was i was in the middle of going through a divorce and going through the hardest time I've ever been through in my privileged life um, by far. And then, yeah, things went cold with WWE and I, I didn't really have an understanding of why. And um, well, I, I should say I took off. So it, it started with me taking off. Um, I couldn't travel. Um, I needed to do what I needed to do. But then when I hoped I would come back, you know, there were other people working and things were just going on. And I don't even know exactly what happened to be honest with you, but um, yeah, I was sad about it. You know, it was a part of my life I really enjoyed. And I, the life lesson in it was I got to a real, eventually I got to a real point of acceptance of thinking I got to live a dream that I never thought I would. It was icing on the cake. And if it never happens again, I accept that it was really fun and kind of just like the way life is right when I accepted it, the phone rang and then, and then to fast forward to now getting to have a moment like that, you know, and for me, the highlight of the day was asking absolute legends for advice on, on how to do what I needed to do to secure that championship. <laughs> and I'm sitting in a locker room asking, you know, Randy Orton, what needs to be done? How do I execute this? It, I mean, it's like being a kid who fantasizes about playing baseball and is just like, hey, hey, Ted, Mr. Williams, can you just show me real quick? How, how should I try to execute this butt? You know, that that's what it felt like for me. So, yes, I, I appreciate you saying that. It was it was ridiculous. It was awesome. 
it was mage as you would say it was mage. Yes. Ma- no mage it's major okay yeah yeah exactly um so you get to take the title home right like like you got a home uh, your hotel room I, I believe i saw that on your instagram you you actually had it in your possession what is that like and you know you kind of reminded me for a quick second mma fans will know this reference uh there was a guy named tim sylvia heavyweight champion back in the day who the story was that he would sleep with the title he would wear the title to uh the club um people kind of laughed at him behind his back and, and i do believe you confirmed that you did sleep with the title right next to you correct I, I, the title was on the pillow next to me in the bed, 100%. Here's my question for you, Ariel Helwani. If you were to win a title in, in, in a sport, in wrestling or, or MMA, a sport that you uh, love, would you do the same? Yeah, sure. No, listen, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. I could see though people making fun of you. I could see people taking shots. I could even see, and, and let me know if this happened or not. I can see, you know, the 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 smart marks, the smarks out there saying, "Oh, I can't believe Peter Rosenberg won. This is David Arquette." Of course, it's not David Arquette heavyweight championship, but I bet you got some hate for this, right? Because everyone's jealous of everyone. So here's the thing: I went into it. I was actually having a conversation um, right when it happened with Samoa Joe about the internet, and he we were having we'd had like a, just a deeper kind of social media conversation. And he, he was like, I think you just don't even go on. Don't, don't bother, you know, enjoy this. Don't even think about what that world has to say. Cause you already know what it's going to be. Um, but I'll say this when it happened, the outpouring I got of love, like I was blowing, including yourself and, and other people I work with and have relationships with. It was such an incredible, awesome outpouring that obviously went beyond the, the, the sort of the, fun of the 24 seven championship and kind of went to more towards what you were saying, like an actual sort of life moment that is symbolized in this. Like it was so strong that I kind of didn't have fear about what the smart quote unquote wrestling fans would say online. So I went on Twitter and what came to me was really 99.9% love. Now, if I had decided to go search my name, I'm sure I could have found a plethora of hate. You know, I mean, I, I heard, I was told that even on Dave, on Dave Meltzer, who's a, a famed wrestling quote unquote journalist, he, even on his podcast, he did not poo poo the idea. Wow. He, he gave some legitimacy to the idea that I may have paid for the opportunity. What? To, yes. Paid? That, that's been said since I got the job. Uh, some hater at some point made up that I paid to be on the WWE network. And then it was furthered. Someone else, I guess, said it about winning. And Dave Meltzer, rather than saying, well, that's obviously insane. Like he actually sort of semi-legitimized it, I was told. Oh, that's not good. I, I worked with Dave for several years, uh, a legend in his own right, but uh, that that is not good. And obviously, that would be insane. Why would anyone ever do that? Why would you yeah. pay? You have enough jobs. You don't need to pay to be a part of. Well, yeah, uh, and listen, I'm I'm not great at many things, but getting up there on the panel and talking about pro wrestling in a passionate way, there are a few things I'm confident I do well. Like <laughs> I do that job well. I should be paid well for it. I am. And it's a great gig. That is such a psychotic thought. It would be like if I got up, if I got up there fumbling and bumbling. Well, I, then let's have a reasonable conversation, okay? But I get up there and I kill it every time. That's what I do. I don't understand how someone could say that. But like I said, I'd gotten so much love that at that point I was able to laugh about that. Whereas in the past, I may have taken that personally. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What is the vibe like these days at the events? Um, now they're being held at Tropicana Field. I know WrestleMania is going to be held at the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks Stadium. They were for a while uh, held at where the, the Magic play. Um, I, I haven't been to a UFC event in 11 months. I just went on my first plane yesterday in 11 months. And so the idea of like being around these athletes and backstage and especially that magical world, uh, what, what is the vibe like? And, and without fans and those screens and the noise and all that, could you describe it? So there's there's a couple things about it. The, the most ironic thing about it is that the Thunderdome looks awesome in person. And that's obviously irrelevant <laughs> um, because whenever there are people around, there will no longer be a Thunderdome. So it looks great. Like when you're when we're doing the kickoff show at the desk and you look behind you and you see all the screens and the people, it really looks cool. Like. I give such props. Like it took WWE time and the performance center was obviously a bit rough, but when they got it, they got it right. Um, and it really does feel great. Um, when the, sh- when the show goes on, when the kickoff show happens, the energy of doing live TV takes over and you sort of forget that you're in an empty building because you're hearing things going on in your ear. There is the crowd noise. There's th- there's things happening and the energy of live TV takes over. But I don't know what it's like to be a wrestler in that situation. I have to imagine there's an impact, um, particularly with the Royal Rumble. You know, I was in the I was out in the Thunderdome during the women's rumble match, getting ready at the at the desk, at the kickoff show desk. And, you know, I there were a couple of entrants that I thought, ah, oh, there, there should be a crowd here for this moment. Rhea Ripley coming back. You know, I, I was like, Rhea Ripley coming out would have been awesome. And so there are things like that that you feel. But to me, the the place I notice it more, and this is sort of odd, the one place you'd think would be the same would be backstage. Um, And it's not. It, it just feels different backstage. It just, it, it there's, you know, it, in inside the locker room, it feels the same. But when you're walking the halls and you're going to catering, it 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 just doesn't have sort of the same zhuzh that it has when you know there's a crowd in the building. Um, it just for some reason backstage doesn't necessarily feel the the same, the exact same level of magic without people in the arena. Hmm. Um, well, hopefully for WrestleMania, that's the beginning of uh, a, a sort of return to normalcy. We'll see how things go. I think it's great that um, they're they're finally opening things up and uh, in a safe way. Hopefully for for everyone involved. Um, I do want to ask you, because I know you're kind of like a quasi MMA guy, like sometimes you secretly hate on it. Sometimes you like mm-hmm. it. I'm not really quite sure what your temperature is at the moment. Did you watch UFC 257 a little over a week ago? I did. They they always get my money for the big ones. I mean, okay. I text you every once in a while and I'll be like, how is this card a pay card? Like I, I do. I do say it. some of them are like, this was pay. But the big ones, they get my money, you know six times a year, I'd say. Um, 
And uh, I enjoyed that night. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought I thought Chandler got a little too much credit for his Ric Flair promo. I okay, okay, this is this this is exa- I wasn't even going to ask you about Connor. I want to ask you about the Michael Chandler post-fight promo. Obviously, uh, I don't know if you know the backstory, but on DC and Helwani, the show that I do on Mondays, DC said that he was a little reminiscent of 1992 Ric Flair because he's coming from another organization. You know, he's the real world champion, all that stuff. And Mm. we kind of came up with the idea that, you know, if he wins, he should do the, you know, I say this with a tear in my eye, the the post-Rumble promo, one of the greatest of all time from Ric Flair and, of course, late Bobby Heenan and the late uh, Mr. Perfect were by side and the late uh, Gene Okerlund, which, by the way, my favorite part of that whole thing was the put that cigarette out from Gene Okerlund uh, just <laughs> randomly in the promo. But you're saying so. So we all kind of loved it. We freaked out. He actually listened to us. He did it sort of with his own little spin. You're saying it wasn't as great as we all said it was. OK, well, that that, that with that context, let me be clear. Okay. If I was you guys, if I <laughs> yes. was in your studio, I would have popped big. I mean, that's awesome. The fact that it came up on your show and he did it is amazing. I didn't have that context. So for me, I, here's the thing. I feel that sometimes, you know, wrestling gets a lot of um, criticism and there's a lot of, you know, from the quote unquote legit combat sports, there's a lot of, you know, they love wrestling, but there's also a little bit of poo-pooing on all things wrestling. And I simultaneously see UFC in particular borrow so much of the aesthetic from WWE. Um, so much of what I think has made WWE cool, you see get replicated in the presentation of UFC. And for the most part, I think it's done really well. In the case of that promo, aside from your attachment to it and that part being cool, everyone was like, oh my God, what a promo. And I'm like, I don't think you guys know what a good promo is. I don't, screaming at the top of your lungs is not, that is not what makes a good promo. I thought it was cool. It was, it was a, I see why him saying it and him echoing. It's a nice idea. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that that was as good as what a, a good wrestling promo would be, I would wholeheartedly disagree and say it's apples and wrenches. Okay. So do you feel like because he's too high, like what, so you're the expert here. Okay. I'm just the, uh, the guy on the outside. What would have made it better? What makes a good promo? Because again, remember like the guy just actually like beat up another man, knocked him out. So adrenaline is going to kick in. And uh, yeah, he obviously prepared it a little bit, but you know, I kind of gave him a pass on the yelling cause he was super hyped. What could have made it better? Was it like just, you know, you need to be a little more cerebral. You need to be a little more calm in your opinion. What could have made it better? Yeah, you gotta you gotta focus. You gotta make it feel. I mean, I, I understand. You're right. There's a ton of adrenaline, but but just to be clear, after a big win in wrestling, regardless, there is still adrenaline from the physical exertion and and getting to that moment, particularly if you're lifting up a title or you're having a huge moment, um, sort of uh, one that would be akin to what Chandler did coming to the UFC and getting his first win over a credible opponent. So I get that part. But yes, if I'm being a total obnoxious wrestling yeah. nerd, which I am, that's what I want. Hey, you would have slowed down, gotten the energy out at first, and then when you get to the flair part, I would have sort of sunken in for the moment and really looked to the camera mm-hmm. and really hit with a tear in my eye and kind of leaned into the moment a bit more. He did a great job for an MMA guy. I'm just saying those aren't the same things. Just like, for example, you could say that when a wrestler comes to the MMA, uh, comes to the UFC and and performs as a mixed martial artist, 
you could be like, oh, he's good for a wrestler going over to MMA. Right. I feel the same way. For a, for, a, for a fighter, he did a pretty good promo. But let's not compare him to the big boys. Okay, fair enough. Um, let me ask you this before I let you go. I know you have a, a plane to catch. Uh, and correct me if I'm, um, if I'm mistaken here, you've been kind of lukewarm on Conor McGregor, right? I mean, I think you appreciate him as a fighter, but you don't like all the other stuff. Uh, now seeing him lose, are you, are you totally out? Like next time he fights, are you not even buying the pay-per-view? What are your feelings on him now after that fight? Oh, no. Well, that's the brilliance of a, of a good, good storyline. I'm now more interested. Oh. In Connor. And, <laughs> and Connor also has had a brilliant face turn. Um, he has become a good guy over the last 18 months. But um, some people hate that. They, they say they want the old Connor back. This has been a big thing now. Like he's got to go back to the mean guy who calls everyone out. You're saying you like this. I, I, it's interesting. You, you can't be the same character forever. First of all, obviously the old Connor McGregor, for as many funny moments as he did, he had some ab- ab- abhorrent moments. Right. You know, the Floyd Mayweather promo was terrible. The, the lead up to Khabib was terrible. You know, he said things that I found offensive and, and not worth saying even for the promo of a fight. And I understand it's been done by other fighters. And Muhammad Ali said terrible things about Joe Frazier. Guess what? That hurt Joe Frazier for the rest of his life. Um, and Ali regretted it. So those things getting thrown around in, the, in promo, especially in the times we've been living in recently, it just never sat well with me. You know, that's why I I just I despise Ben Askren. I, I'll, I will be rooting for, for Jake Paul with my, with all my heart. To beat Ben Askren, all of the guys who lean in to racial divide and really strong political divide, it it turns me off completely. So Connor, first of all, changing his character up a bit, I think he, listen, you talk to him, you tell me, I I think it seems in earnest. I think we're seeing a guy who has a second child on the way, who's growing up, who's seeing a future that will go beyond this. What do you want to be treated like in your years to come? I think this is a legitimate change potentially, but what do you think? You've been around no, no, he ha- he has evolved third child, by the way. So well, third child, sorry. Yeah, fatherhood has definitely changed him. But, you know, I, I guess I can understand why people say, you know, the old guy had fire in him and he wanted to take, I think a little too much stock is put into that sort of thing. I mean, at the end of the day, he lost to a better fighter on that night. Dustin Poirier is an incredible fighter. And to make up these excuses about why Conor lost is really a discredit to Poirier. Um, but I agree with you. And I'm happy you said that comeback stories are the best. And and it's it's. It's reminiscent of him fighting Nate Diaz the first time. He loses. We wonder, is he done? Is he for real? Is he not? Can he get back on track? He comes back and gives us one of the great fights of all time. And it was a very close fight. Some people thought Diaz uh, won that fight. So it's interesting. Uh, You can make the case that, you know, the star power takes a bit of a shot after you get knocked out. But as you know, in MMA, losses don't define you that's like they the do thing. in boxing, right? I was about to say that. That's, yeah. that's probably the best thing about MMA. It's one of the things that I enjoy about it is that we're so used to, if you grew up a boxing fan in the 80s and 90s, a loss is so crippling to your career. In in MMA, it can just be part of the story. So yeah, I, I love the, the two Diaz fights. They were, it, it was the reason I'm interested in Conor McGregor. So I'm interested to see how he comes back. Now, I don't even bother tweeting things about MMA anymore because as annoying as wrestling fans may be, I mean, your people are the worst. So if I ever give an opinion, they act as if I, I've never watched. Listen, I am not Ariel Helwani. You are an absolute freak of knowledge when it comes to this. But I am someone who've been, I've been watching UFC since UFC one. I enjoy the sport. I'm not an expert, but I can see things and call it. Now, my personal feelings that night was, 
what was that Conor McGregor just wasn't prepared, as he alluded to, because people were talking about the leg kicks. We've all watched Conor take leg kicks before. We've seen fighters absorb uh, kicks like that for four rounds and not completely cave to it. And frankly, we've seen Conor take bigger punches. Not that Poirier didn't hit him with a great shot because he did. But we've seen Conor take big punches before and respond. So to me, what what I saw was a guy who just wasn't fully prepared. The inactivity was problematic. And you're right. He just wasn't the better fighter that night. That loss uh, should not define Conor McGregor's career. And uh, I would argue what happened to you in your hotel room on Monday should not define your career. You you did it for all of us. All of us uh, young Jewish boys and girls who dreamed of becoming WWE champion. Forget about Goldberg. That's our moment right there. Well done to you, Peter Rosenberg. And by the way, you say that MMA fans can be a little bit, you know, highbrow when it comes to your opinions. You're always welcome here. We have waited far too long to do this. Great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Mazel tov on the big win. And again, I want to remind everyone, for more of these fantastic point of views, uh, do check out the Cheapy podcast right here on ESPN. Yes, thank you. Search uh, Cheap Heat is in a, a, a transitional uh, moment right now. We are making some changes. Just oh. search for Cheap Heat and subscribe wherever you find it. And um, it is a very exciting time for the podcast. And I'm grateful for you having me on. You are a star. You are an absolute star, as I always say, the leading voice, the voice in all things MMA. So I'm, uh, I'm grateful to be here. And thank you again for the very sweet text messages on Sunday. It was appreciated. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. So that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that conversation with Peter. He's a very talented man, uh, a man of many, many different interests and many different shows, but supremely talented, like I said. And he does a great job on each and every platform that he appears on. And I have to say, it's pretty awesome to see him win that belt. So uh, thank you very much to Peter Rosenberg for stopping by. Thank you very much to ZipRecruiter, as always. And uh, I do want to uh, remind all of you that DC and Helwani is coming back this Monday. It was unfortunate that we didn't have a show this past Monday, but dare I say, DC was feeling a little bit left out because there I was talking to Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira. He tried to slander my name by putting out like some fake video of Dustin and I talking about him you know, forgetting his roots wasn't me. I don't know who that person was. Horrible imitation. But if you haven't listened to that episode from Monday, great stuff from Poirier, from Chandler, from Oliveira, and DC and Helwani is back next Monday. So we'll have our regular schedule next Monday, beginning next Monday, DC and Helwani, Helwani show Wednesday. No Ariel and the bad guy this week, by the way. But we shall be back on uh, Thursday of next week as well. So I'm going to get ready for some NBA action this evening. Of course, Always a ton of MMA, always a ton of fighting coming up uh, this weekend. We've got the UFC returning on Saturday. It's the return of Alistair Overeem, who's looking to win his third in a row. He's won four or five. He's having this uh, this late push in the final 
years of his career. It's great to see going up against Alexander Volkov, an important fight in the heavyweight division. We've got some big fights at heavyweight coming up. This one, of course, Surreal Gan versus Josina Rosenstrike, uh, Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades, and of course, the heavyweight title being defended on March 27th between Stipe Miocic and uh, Francis Ngannou. But also on this card, Frankie Edgar versus Corey Sanhagen is a really interesting fight. At 135, Corey Sanhagen, you know how high I think of him. So that's big-time stuff. Also, Frankie Edgar coming back after his successful debut at 135 against Pedro Munoz back in August. Macy Chason against Marion Renault. Manel Cape is a great uh, prospect as well going up against Alexandre Pantoja. Oscar is on the card against Cody Stamen. Benil Dariush versus Diego Fajeda is a really good fight at 155. Sneaky good card. Sneaky good card. Clay Guida versus uh, Michael Johnson on this card as well. What about the return of uh, one Molly McCann, who's a fan of the show, of course, friend of the program. So a lot of interesting names on this card. It starts at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus, 8 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus main card. Also, like I said earlier this week, one championship going down on Friday. And also on Friday, the BKFC debut of one Paige Van Zandt. So we'll see how that turns out for her as well. All right. Uh, as always, please rate, download, subscribe, and review. We appreciate it. It means a lot to us. It's very important. We love you all. I'm going to do my thing over here. Hopefully, fly safely to uh, to my home tomorrow and never get on a plane again. Okay. Have a great week, everyone. Much love. Back next week, same time and place. Tell us, hey, peace. I'm out of here.